the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Lots out there. Um, nothing really super exciting. The Federal Reserve did nothing. Um, worthy of note, I kind of think so. The market can admit it now that you know we're fairly nervous over the idea that the Fed's going to raise rates and hike interest rates Fed didn't do it and there was a sense of relief but the Fed kind of said we will do it in December so that's kind of odd there's an understanding the Fed's median policy rate projections for 2016 2017 and 2018 and basically everything's kind of weak out there there's no guarantee in the language of the statement that a rate hike before the end of the year is certainty. Um, but they said, we're going to try to do it. The fact that there are some dissenting votes <clears throat> put the market on notice that a rate hike seems likely to happen by the end of the year now, barring some source of upset for the world economy and or capital markets. A lot of people think the Federal Reserve pays a lot of attention to the stock market, and by paying attention to the stock market, that they don't want... If the stock market acts nervous and afraid, they, they start acting nervous and afraid. So no rate hike. There's a reminder right now that policy rates are apt to remain low. Stocks rallied on that news. Um, the, ha, is the punch bowl half full or is it half empty? People are seeing it as half full. And people are getting buzzed and high a little bit from the money flows. So you ignore that sobering reality of weak fundamentals, and you go, hey, everything's going to be okay. We got cheap interest rates. Um, and that's okay. Um, one's not more right than wrong. Jobless, jobless claims for the week ending September to 17 decreased by 8,000 to 252,000. That's the 81st straight week that they've been below 300,000, which is stunning. So our, our market, we may not have the jobs that we want, 
we may not have the high paying jobs that we want. We may not have the um, productivity that we want, but we have jobs in the U.S. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton to talk a little financial planning with us. And joining me today, CFP Chad Burton. How are you? Excellent, Rob. What does the CFP do? Oh, boy. What's well, it stand for? Certified Financial Planner. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you could have you go through five courses, essentially. Taxes, insurance, retirement planning, estate planning, investing. You have to take a test in each course before you can move on to the next one. And then you take a 10-hour final exam. Really? 10 hours? Yeah. Now, what break? I did, it was given over two days. Now, for they've, they're doing it over one day now. But um, it's 55% pass rate nationally. Okay. So you get a lot of disappointed people after the first try. And do they usually get it right the second try? Like SATs. I remember when I went to high school many, many, many years ago, you got to blend your scores. You got to take your best math and your best English. Does well, that sound right? Someone's asking me. I don't even remember taking the SATs. You probably didn't. You were a gifted athlete. You, you got to ride <laughs> your way into college. Uh, no. And it's um, it, you do get a chance. Yes, you do get to take it again. Okay. So... But do people pass? I, I passed it on the first time. I've got five CFPs, all but one of them passed it on the first time. Okay. Um, and then, so it's given, I think, every November and then every six months. If you fail it a second time, I believe there's some other rules. I haven't looked at it, honestly, lately for, uh, for a while in terms of how many times you can p- fail it and then how long you have to wait next time. But once you do pass the test, you cannot use the designations yet. Okay. You have to have three years working experience, and now you have to have a degree. A three years working experience, not at Seven Eleven. No, you have to have in the business. Okay, so like a para planner. Para planner, yeah, associate advisor. Okay, yep, you got it. Now, with that said, what's the difference between a CFP and like a stockbroker or a financial? Um, you know, someone at Solomon Smith Barney calls himself a first vice president or something. You like have that. vice president of the southeast region of Kansas City, <laughs> something I, like that. Bogus, yeah, bogus. But people don't realize that. Yeah, yeah. The vice president thing is a, it's ridiculous in this industry. I'm vice president of Salem Radio. <laughs> <laughs> right now, this hour, Whoops. we're both vice president, right? Um, <laughs> Difference between a broker. And Are CFP. there even stockbrokers left anymore? I mean, when I was in the yeah. business, yeah. Yeah. The, oh, there we go. That's, that's right. I, there's there, my alarm. There's actually other people that I know in the industry. Um, I know people on my street who use Ameriprise financial planners. Mm hmm. I'm like, that's the worst thing you can do. Let me give you a story okay. of that one. And sure. uh, so somebody I did very close to the family um, finally pulling the trigger on retirement. I said, well, at least let me look at what you have. I, do, I don't like taking on friends and family. Of course not. As, and I understand that. Yeah, because the last thing I want to do. Expectations are unrealistic. Not only that, but it dominates the conversation. Okay. So barbecuing, putting some steaks on, having a couple of beers. I don't want to talk money on the weekends. You know, I, I do it. 60 hours a week. So I said, well, at least let me look at who you're working with. Because I, 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 based on some of the things that I'd heard, I was like, this just doesn't sound right. And the advisor was saying, yeah, you can retire. Go ahead and retire. You're going to be fine. And the reason why is because they were a commission-based advisor, and they were going to get paid 5 6% of the rollover amount. Ah, so it was like a 401k, 403b. Yeah. 
So, I mean, they see this big rollover amount, so they will blow smoke in places that you don't want them to blow smoke because they're doing it because that's when they get paid is that initial rollover. They get paid all up front because they're commission-based advisors. And unfortunately, some CFP, Certified Financial Planners, are also commission-based. And I think that there's a big push in our industry to not allow that. Um, so because it, our industry, really, most of the Certified Financial Planners act as fiduciaries. We are forced. We we set up a firm so that we are acting in the best interest of the client, putting the client first, charging either hourly fees, flat fees, or annual fees based on what we're managing. And in this situation, the guy was going to tell her to retire too soon because he was so looking forward to this big commission check on the rollover, on loaded mutual funds that are A shares, annuities that had seven eight year surrender charges. Um, and, you know, yeah, you might be okay on your income next 10, 15 years, but once inflation kicks in and you realize that you're not able to keep up with the value of the dollar, which over time is cut in half every 18 years, it was setting this person up for a retirement that once they get into the mid-80s, their lifestyle drastically declines. And if they ever have any kind of health care cost issues, like long-term care, home health care needs, they were going to be in a horrible position. People can find you at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Hey, listen to this. Believe it or not, Harley-Davidson shares um, have moved higher on speculation that it might be a buyout target. Interesting. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Lots of little things in the news. Um, a lot of riots going on, right? A lot of people angry with the police departments. Um, a lot of police departments angry with protesters. Um, should you take a look at a company called Taser? Uh, that would probably be the only play that I could think of, you know, off the top of my head. Uh, they make body cameras and they make non-lethal, sometimes lethal, uh, stun guns. But they hope they're not lethal. Um, stock's been very volatile. So on a five-year basis, it looks great. On a two-year basis, it looks like a big U. Starts at the top, goes all the way down to the bottom, goes all the way back up to the top. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Divorce, the divorce of Brangelina, the uncoupling. Oof. There's a financial lesson for everyday folks in the pending Brangelina split. Angelina Jolie filed for divorce this week from Brad Pitt, citing irreconcilable differences. In this filing with the Los Angeles Superior Court, she sought full physical custody of the couple's six children. 
Jolie did not request spousal support. Most divorcing couples won't battle over assets on par with the, these power couples. She's 41 years old and has an estimated net worth of $140 million. He's 52 years old and is reportedly worth $240 million. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot of do re me. Um, file, file fast. If you and your spouse have the option for multiple jurisdictions, which state hears the case may come down to who files for divorce first. Um, I don't know. I'd consider moving. You know, there's assets like homes are tricky because they contain a lot of memories, and sometimes we're like, yeah, it's best for our six kids to stay. I think prenup agreement, a postnup agreement, or a settlement agreement can be a smart way to move forward in all relationships, especially ones that have any sort of assets involved. Let's bring in Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. What do we need to know? We're talking with Tony Mendez about owning a property in retirement. Yeah, it's definitely a very large topic, and it covers you know anybody getting into real estate, even the person who's buying a house today. Um, that can conceivably be a property that they turn into a rental. Um, they could be so. There's basically three categories of people that are buying properties today. They're, they buy a primary residence and they turn it into a rental. They buy primary residence and they continue buying. They stay in that property and then buy rent, other rental property, and then people who rent and then buy uh, investment properties. Um, which is, which I think the third category of people who are renting and buying investment property is something that I think is picking up a little bit, especially here in the Bay Area where down payments are hard to reach, um, you know, that 20% mark on a $700,000 house, it's 140000 And they go, well, you know, I could probably buy a property somewhere else. Um, but yeah, when you, when you start looking about how old you are, uh, are you funding your 401k? Are you self-employed? Are you doing an IRA? Um, what, what a lot of people just got their social security statements saying how much money they're going to get every month when they do retire and they start factoring that in and they and they consider does buying a real a, a, an investment property make sense uh, you know and eventually uh, you know you have to look at things as this as you buy this property and as it matures uh, how much cash flow you're going to get going to be getting is it going to be paid off by the time i retire can i continue into my retirement and let it pay itself off and then count on that extra money later? Or do I need to refinance it, stretch it back out over 30 years for better cash flow? Do I need to sell the property and then take the cash? Because that's a really big consideration, Rob, where you and I talked about this four, five, six years ago, where I have a rental property, which you advised that I probably should have sold because it had a good equity in it. And that money would have worked better for me in the stock market than it would be in the property. Now, it's of course, it's six, seven years later. And I have a little bit more equity in it. My, I, I have a shorter term. I, I, I paid off in eight years, which is well before my retirement. Um, but a, another property that I have, that won't be. So what do I do with that one? And, I, and you know, as you build this portfolio, you have to start planning ahead and what you're going to do. But once you hit that retirement mark, uh, you know, the, some of the other options, 1031 exchange, uh, one of the strategies that we've been uh, kind of exploring with more clients is uh, doing a 1031 exchange into a desirable property, maybe somewhere where you want to live. Some people say maybe Tahoe or Coeur d'Alene, Idaho or Hawaii. We've seen the last person we did was in Hawaii and they did a 1031 exchange with uh, a couple of their investment properties. But a lot of people don't know that they can take more than one property and 1031 it into a single property. 
and they're going to rent it out for a year, and then they're going to move into it, and they don't pay the capital gains until they die or they move. Um, so there are some strategies that people use going reverse mortgages. Uh, so a lot of people are considering saying, you know what, we're living longer, we, we're staying in our house longer, we're working longer. How do we continue? Uh, and, of course, the reasons why is because it's a little bit harder to keep those funds moving as you get older, should we do a, a reverse mortgage instead of turning this house into a property? So, you know, instead of taking equity out of the house and buying another rental property. So you can see, Rob, it's quite complex, uh, you know, from the beginning person who starts with a property when they're 30 or somebody who's buying a, a new property when they're 50. Yeah, it is kind of complex. I mean, it? And it's a big topic. And you could keep going. We talked about this last night. It's just we could do shows and shows about it. Well, like your situation when you owned a home, and I was like, yeah, you might want to get rid of it. Owning a home, and you could have got rid of it. You could have put it in the market and done pretty well. Or you could have put it into a similar product on the West Coast because it was an East Coast property and maybe done better. Um, but, yeah, you missed a good opportunity in the stock market, didn't you? <laughs> I did. Um, not only that, I also missed out on the exemption. I lived in the property. Right. I missed out on the, the capital gains exemption, the two, year, two out of five years. Uh, as well as I missed out on the higher price. So, yeah, but but now I look at it as that it, it is a property that's going to generate income going into retirement um, that's going to supplement any kind of distributions from my IRA slash uh, my, my Social Security and any other incomes that I have from other properties. One thing I don't want people to do for income in retirement is own real estate that they have to manage unless they really, really know what they're doing. Um, I have a couple properties. I don't manage any of them. Um, I don't want to. I like professional management. I don't mind paying the fees. For me, convenience is nicer than making every possible yeah. dime possible. We talked about that category just briefly where somebody has a lot of equity in their house and they um, they cash out a little bit of that equity. They're sitting there over 50 and they want to buy an investment property. Are they are, Can they cash flow or, or are they going to get the cash flow they need if they're using a property management company to, you know, that 10 to 15 percent that they're going to pay? Uh, does that eat into that cash flow too much? Um, and then do you want to do it on your by yourself? And do you have experience doing it? Uh, you know, a lot of people I, I I see more people that have properties when they're younger you know, in 30s and 40s that go into retirement with an investment property and do it on their own because it's a hobby. It's something that they're used to doing. They're used to pulling somebody's credit, going through the leases, getting going through maintenance, doing repairs, doing another refinance to stretch out the payments or um, you know, maybe selling the property, buying a better property in a better area. So is that something you want to do? I'd, I'd, highly, you know, I'd put a note um, on my notes here that say talk to a CFP uh, because – um, there's, there can be other ways that you can generate that rate of return on that investment. Um, do you really want to tie up 100, 200,000, 300,000 into a property that could be earning a certain percentage somewhere else without as much risk and, and effort? So, also some things to consider in retirement if you have an income property. And, you know, I'm all about income property, I'm all about REITs if you don't want to actually own a physical property, which I prefer most people just own real estate investment trust, publicly traded. It'll get you that income which is pretty good. Um, it'll get you, you know, equity, so you don't have to send in a monthly payment.
now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Chris Martin and Coldplay. Him and his wife went through that conscious uncoupling. Too bad. Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie can't do the same. Uh, Downside on that is... It turns out Brad Pitt probably got drunk on a flight and either physically or mentally abused his kids and she's out um, how would you like to be the, the lawyers in this one uh, Mr. Pitt is worth 240 million dollars Mr. Jolie is worth 140 million dollars that's a lot of money huh those children uh, the Federal Reserve yesterday held rates steady in a close call Janet Yellen told reporters that despite solid job growth this year, the unemployment rate has been stuck at 4.9% because discouraged workers on the sidelines have been drawn into an improving labor market. She called that a positive development. Policymakers want to encourage uh, by keeping rates low longer. Harley-Davidson shares were up yesterday on speculation of a buyout. Can you imagine? The hog... Who would buy Harley-Davidson, and would they change any of its iconic products? Bill Murray stepping into uh, the world of Caddyshack. He was the greenskeeper in the cult classic movie Caddyshack. I'm pretty sure that was an R movie. It was one of the very first R comedies I saw. Um, the Dancing Gopher, I'm Alright, Nobody Worry About Me. Um, so... Bill Murray jumping in into golfware, and he's trying to make it fun. He's clearly one of the golf's greatest ambassadors. Uh, he is an enthusiast. He's a big Cubs fan. And he and his brothers are going to make golfing clothes that are fun. Um, golf is in a bit of a decline. Golf really needed Tiger Woods to stay relevant, and he kind of went away. Um, he was a great ambassador to the sport. Um, and you just got to say that, you know, at this point in time, golf needs anything you can get to kind of get an interjection going back into relevancy. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. A couple of years ago, there was a research company called Forrester. And I'm always fascinated by trends. They made the claim that mobile was the new face of social. With more than 3 billion users worldwide, messaging apps demonstrated one of the fastest-growing online behaviors in past social networks. The reach of the apps is huge, which presents a strong relationship promise for marketers. Um, I text more than I call. Uh, Way more. I hit more people on text than I call on the phone. So there's all sorts of messaging apps out there. There's Lines, a company called Line, L-I-N-E. WhatsApp, they have privacy policy that's pretty impressive. 
Snapchat out there, Facebook Messenger. Uh, some of them now have bots tied towards them. So consumer the phenomenon of apps, will we be able to unlock marketers to take advantage of it? I would expect messaging apps to play a key role throughout the customer life cycle, but more specifically to enable brands to deepen conversations with customers during the retention phases. Uh, messaging apps combine three very powerful keys together, frequency of use, emotional connection, and convenience. Some apps are way more, messaging apps are way more advanced than others. You know, Facebook's the big one on scale. Uh, WeChat or Line are the most advanced. Um, due to the reach of WhatsApp, Facebook, and their messenger product is just gargantuan. Amazon, Apple, Google, and Microsoft are all players. Apple and Google are more direct messaging app contenders. Um, you don't really think of Microsoft as a uh, app play, but it is. And Amazon... Uh, Microsoft has got Cortana, and Amazon's got Alexa, trying to power conversations with consumers. So Amazon, in particular, is extending its lead with the Alexa intelligent agent, and um, I kind of want one of those things. So, hey Alexa, what's the weather like today? Uh, Alexa's always on. So, uh, don't know why I want it, but I kind of want one, which is kind of weird about me because I really am consuming far less tech but every now and then I'd go ooh I wouldn't mind that so uh, so messaging apps are big business and the tie in with voice based intelligent agents or bots which is a way that Facebook's leading um, are progressively moving forward and there's you know Deeper relationships between consumers and brands there for sure. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Apple and the iPhone 7 uh, versus Samsung and the Galaxy Note 7. It's a pretty big battle. Uh, if you take away Samsung's battery issue where they were blowing up and you just focus you know, on the two biggest smartphone companies in the world and their fans are legion... And quite honestly, fans of both are irrational. Uh, reports are coming out of Seoul right now that Apple is planning on taking the fight to Samsung on the home turf of Korea. Um, reports differ as to exactly where Apple will put a store next year, but it's rumored to be right in the heart of Samsung country. Uh, one is right in the Gangnam uh, right across the street from Samsung headquarters, Gangnam style. So Apple stepping up its rivalry with Samsung. If you open up a store right across the street from Samsung headquarters, it's on. It's on like Donkey Kong, in my opinion. And I don't know what that means. Just work with me on that. Google's in the news. Uh, Google's launching a tech lab in Oakland to mentor the next generation of African-American and Latino, Latino computer scientists. Sometimes a headline feels forced to me. So Google's opening up a, a lab in Oakland to push diversity. Uh, 
that seems forced to me, doesn't it? Um, the lab, which has already run a pilot program, will focus on educating young people in Oakland in the educational and career possibilities of computer science nearby uh, cities like Silicon Valley offer. Um, the MIT Media Lab um, is involved. Oakland's one of the nation's most diverse cities located across the San Francisco Bay. Google has leased space in Oakland's Fruitvale Transit Village, a 255,000 square foot complex near Fruitvale BART Station that was developed and owned by a local nonprofit. So I guess it has to be incredibly exciting to have Google and Google's presence in your community. The Tech Lab is going to offer an engaging after school program for middle school students, just as the school district is ramping up computer science curriculums for kids in those grades. Um, this is the first time that Google is venturing into Oakland where African-Americans and Latinos make up more than half the residents. It's one of a growing number of Silicon Valley companies establishing a beachhead there in an effort to hire more African-American and Latino workers and amid growing criticism of hiring practices. Um, So that's going on. Ho, ho, ho. Santa Claus is coming. With a low unemployment rate, moderate wage gains, cheap fuel, cheap food. It looks like a robust holiday season shaping up. Despite 2015's results being held back by unseasonably warm temperatures last year, that forced retailers into taking aggressive price cuts. Spending's going to increase between 3.6 and 4% this year. We're going to spend more than $1 trillion on Christmas. Go write down that number. This is a dramatic pickup, and when you grow sales by 1% to 2%, that's nice, but 3% to 4% is hot. Folks are opening up their wallets a little bit more, is the expectations, Uh, loosening the purse strings, which I don't know many purses that have strings, but I'll go with it. Uh, Personal savings rate was slightly lower in July than it was at the start of the year. Uh, Preliminary consumer confidence figures are pretty strong right now. And you have a rise in, you know, healthcare costs, which, yeah, it's going to probably weigh on, you know, people's psyches on what they can and can't spend. But we've been saving a lot more, and that can have a big effect in the holiday season. So online sales are once again expected to be huge. They're some 17% to 19% higher, reaching $96 billion this holiday season. That growth rate's in line with last year's figures, so. Pretty much most of the same, but we're spending more this holiday season, it looks like. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Got a little paycheck, you got a big plan 
I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. We live in a crazy world, don't we? Some of the headlines are just absolutely revolting. It's one of the reasons I do look forward to leaving news. I work at a news station. Um, It's one of the reasons I look forward to leaving news at some point in time. Every day you get to work and you get to hang out with Bill. And you and Bill talk about, hey, did you see the baseball game last night? And I get to get to work and I get to see, hey, do you see this, you know, three-year-old kid died? Or, oh, this two-year-old was abused. Or I get to see stuff like that. And then you see news stories that just make you absolutely crazy. You know that there's drought in California. And then you see stories where a federal judge ruled that a permit allowing Nestle to pipe water out of the San Bernardino National Forest is valid, despite the fact that the permit listed 1988 as the expiration date and was never renewed. So you go, why are we letting this happen? So the decision is a major blow for environmental groups that sued to stop Nestle from siphoning water out of public lands and then sell it back to the public as bottled water. Um, it was the French that messed everything up in my mind when they said, oh, ho, ho. let us come up with a way to screw the American consumer. We will bottle water and call it Perrier. But we will even do it funnier. We will tap the water from the, the tap. It's not from the, the Swiss Alps, it's the French Alps, no. Oh, ho, ho. We'll sell it back to the public and just call it Perrier. Americans love everything French. So, water's been ruined for me. I don't know if you with me or against me on that. Massive corporations play a, by a different set of rules than the rest of us. Nestle's been pulling a fast one for nearly 30 years, taking a public resource which deprives animals and plants of life-sustaining water and selling that water at an obscene profit. When you look at the cost of water, and you know it's, it, it costs more to bottle it. It costs way more to create the plastic that it comes in. And we are just dumb Americans. So I have a nice water filter, and I think my water is lovely. I think people who buy... Sliced fruits and vegetables. If you buy sliced fruits at a, a grocery store, you are just damn lazy. If you buy bottled water, you are just lazy. It's It goes back to that story yesterday of, like, do we really need automatic tying, self-lacing shoes? Don't you remember when you were a kid how great it was to do the buddy ears and, and that sense of accomplishment? So we don't need to learn to spell anymore because autocorrect will kind of mostly get it right for us. Although autocorrect gets me into a lot of trouble. <laughs> Trying to send a, a message to Gigi and it goes, uh, Jojo, and Gigi goes, who's Jojo? Oh. Yes, I love technology, but not as much as you, you see. But I still love technology, always and forever. Big spenders. Um, 
should check with their spouse before making that purchase. I find that that's a big issue out there. Two-thirds of consumers have an agreement with their significant others that they're going to talk before spending a certain amount of money. What do you think that certain amount of money is? What's the average cutoff where if you're going to buy something, you should check with your spouse? $392. Although about 16% of people say that they've got free reign to spend as much as $1,000 or more. So um, that's pretty crazy, right? Well, it, it's $391. I don't have to check with my wife. <laughs> oh, the check came in at $392. Better check with a wife. Panera is doing something that is just insulting to me. They're cleaning up their bacon. It's part of an effort to complete its pledged ban, an extensive list of additives from its menu. But don't fret, bacon lovers. We unite. The cured meat is still salty. It's still smoky and bacony. Uh, Panera has ditched additives like sodium nitrate, sodium phosphate, and sodium erythroblumerate, which are used to cure meat. They're going to use celery powder instead. Celery powder? Real men don't eat celery. Companies removed liquid smoke and artificial flavoring, instead using extra applewood smoke to create a deeper, more complex bacon flavor. This is true. This is real. This is how corporate America has to, you know, work with their product in order to make everyone a winner. The bacon is herb, brine, and sea salt, sugar, and thyme extract. You know, I don't know. I don't think I know what thyme smells like. Trimmings from the cut bacon strips are cooked and used as crumbles for Panera salads and other menu items. But what's really good about this is the bacon's going to be 25% thicker. Um, and they won't ever put the bacon in the refrigerator. So... Once it's taken out of the oven and served at room temperature, it remains crispy. Putting bacon in a fridge is, it's offensive. It's offensive. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. All so they can be additive free. Good for them. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone and get in touch. 800-516-1220. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.